Welcome, Suns fans, to the Suns Report Podcast. I'm your host, John, and I'm joined by a guy who thinks his dad is Eddie Johnson. Ladies and gentlemen, Matthew Lissy. How are you doing, Matthew? I am doing beautiful, John. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I'm super excited for today's podcast. Obviously, you're not live and in studio with me. I'm calling you. Uh, you're chilling at home today. Everything good at the home front? Everything's good. I actually have the light on today, so okay. uh, I'm not in the dark. I'm feeling good today. I'm in, I'm in the light. <laughs> well, we're all glad that you're in the light, and we're all glad that everybody pressed play. Uh, thanks for hanging out with the Suns Report podcast. Make sure that you subscribe to the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network so you always have easy access to all the Suns-related content. We're the Suns Report podcast. We always also have Fanning the Flames podcast on here with Justin and Paul. So make sure you uh, take some time out and see what they're up to. They're doing some fantastic stuff as well. And remember that you can always hit us up on Twitter at the Suns Report is the podcast page. I'm at Darth Voida on Twitter, and Matthew, you're at I'm at Matthew Lucy. Too easy. My name. <laughs> Too easy. Yep. You're really undercover there. <laughs> I know, <laughs> and that's really me and my photo too. Oh wow! Oh yeah, no, it's your it's your NBA 2K avatar. It's fantastic. It is. <laughs> well, it was a crazy week in the world of the Suns, and this is the week 17 recap. So, without further ado. I can't talk Suns unless I'm popping a beer open, so let me crack one of these bad boys open. Let's drop that beat, and let's get into Week 17. Week 17, it's over, and we're heading into the All-Star break. One question I got for you, Matthew. Does it annoy you that the halfway mark of the season is the All-Star break, but we're really two-thirds of the way through the season, or do you not give a shit? I actually don't care. I do think about it once in a while. I'm like, this is actually not the halfway point. But it gives you more time to vote for your favorite players and uh, you know, supposedly vote for your favorite players and get them to the All-Star game. Uh, because I think halfway through the season is when they stop the votes and everyone can actually you know, tally them up and see who makes the All-Star game. So... Uh, I don't know why I said all that, but no, I don't think about it. <laughs> well, for some reason I do, and I don't know why that is. But again, I think that's a good point that you make. You know, it allows people uh, a long time to see really who is an all-star and who isn't an all-star. Uh, as we look at the Suns in Week 17, only two games were played. Obviously a very, very weird week. They only played on Monday. They only played on uh, Wednesday. And they ended up going one and one on the week. 22 and 33 on the year, and now they're the 12th seed in the Western Conference. If you compare this to last year, again at this time, we were 11 and 44. So <laughs> we're doubled up our wins as compared to last year uh, at this time. And then two years ago, which is when we garnered the first overall pick, uh, we were 18 and 37. So I know 22 and 33 probably isn't where we would prefer to be, but I'm not super upset about it. I'm not upset either. Um, the only advice I really have for the Suns, though, is just to get healthy right now and don't look at the standings. Just go out there and play. Don't worry about what the Memphis Grizzlies are doing or anybody above you. Just really go out there and try to be full strength, try to be healthy, and try to win games. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it just don't look don't look ahead of you because honestly, if you take one game at a time and stick to the game plan, like I always say, and you remain healthy and hopefully have eight in the rest of the year, um, they can maybe try to make a push and make it closer 
Agreed, agreed. I think that this All-Star break came at a great time for the Suns. The the January and February grind in the NBA, it's like the dog days of summer in baseball. It just seems to, you hit this part of the season where rest is much needed. I mean, look at the Suns. Everybody's injured. I don't know if I've ever seen a Suns team this injured as they are right now. So this comes at a time where they have an opportunity to rest their bodies, to take a mental break from the game, take a couple days off. I mean, heck, they're not playing till next Friday. So they got plenty of time to, to rest, to rejuvenate, to recharge, and then to come into that last third of the season and really focus on making a playoff push. There's 27 games left, and they have six and a half games to make up. So I don't know if it's actually plausible to do. But I think that this team under Monty Williams is really motivated and has the ability to to put the work in and to to make a move in the standings and finish this season strong. Yeah. So before we get into the games that happened in week 17, I think we have to talk about the biggest news of the week. And Matthew, I think it's safe to say that we do not have to boycott the All-Star game this year. Devin Booker's an All-Star. What do you think? No, that's why I'm feeling beautiful today. Um, basically, for that reason, it's funny because we came out with the uh, podcast yesterday and I was going at um, Adam Silver just saying, like, you know, you lost the league. You got to put someone in Phoenix in the All-Star game. Uh, how could you not when a guy is playing like this? Freaking Damien Lillard, he is beautiful. This guy, three minutes left in the game, right before the All-Star game. Or, yeah, right before the All-Star game, he faked a groin injury. He's like, I'm not playing the All-Star game. I'm not doing the three-point contest. I'm still going to perform. But hopefully someone like Devin Booker can take my spot. And that was beautifully set up the whole league i feel like this is like booker needs to be in this all-star game this is the way to do it and someone had to like oh and what was really interesting is in 2014 his uh, all-star appearance damian lillard he mm-hmm. actually got in as a reserve too or a replacement sorry injury replacement so it's like he kind of like paid it forward in a way to get him to a well-deserved all-star game uh spot so i was very excited i know like what do you think? Do you think Booker, some people were saying like, do you think you'd turn it down or do you go play? I was, I would say you got to go play. Absolutely. You have to go play and quick shout out to Dame. I'm not the biggest Dame fan when it comes to his play because he's great and he hurts the Suns. but I've always been a fan of his play because I respect the way that he goes out there and plays the game with the tenacity that he does. So shout out to Dame for, you know, calling out Devin Booker and, kind of swaying the league and and really speaking on behalf of a lot of players who believe that Devin Booker was supposed to be there and kind of got the shaft. I think that Devin Booker absolutely has to go, and I'm so glad that he is going because leading into this, he was kind of in a funk. Ever since the famous all-star snub that he got, he's hasn't been playing as well. I mean, he's been averaging 22.9 points a game, shooting only 41% from the field. It really kind of affected him. And he kind of lost that uh, that fire that Devin Booker normally has. And I think that this is going to do nothing but benefit Devin Booker, obviously. Uh, I wrote an article on valleyofthesuns.com about how going to the All-Star game is a, a an honor, and obviously, but an experience for first-year players. And it's going to be the first time that he's on the court, and he's not the best guy on the court. And that's a very humbling experience. And he gets to be around NBA champions and watch how they operate and how they attack each moment as it comes up, You know, whether it be dealing with the media or actually on the court. And it's going to do nothing 
but benefit him as a player. Do you think that this is going to affect his play when he comes back? Yes, definitely. What it is, it totally reminds me of just like uh, playing Grand Theft Auto is when you're going to a big like uh, area where you're just going to shot up the whole time. It's like the last, like last fight to get through to beat the game. And I feel like just that body of armor you get to give you that extra boost of health, I feel like that's what was gained by this. Like that extra boost, boost of health that helps the Suns through the rest of the season, it helps Booker through the rest of the season to finish strong. And I think, honestly, I really think the league saw that. And I think they saw how badly this hurt Booker. And I know he went out there every game and played, but it wasn't the same. Like you said, you can totally tell, like, something was up. Yeah. And if he didn't, and if this didn't happen, we would have talked about it, I'm sure. But now this is just giving him, like, that second wind. And I think the whole team, too, is going to, like, really, really thrive from it. No, absolutely. I mean, think about it. The last time the Suns had an all-star, Obama was president. Everybody was singing that stupid Call Me Maybe song and dancing around to Gangnam Style. I mean, that's how long ago it was since we had an all-star. And now we have Devin Booker there. He's going to come back to the Suns a better, more focused player because he's been around his peers you know, for a weekend, it's going to take him to another level. I can't wait. I'm excited to see Devin Booker in the All-Star game. I don't care if he goes 0 for 7 in the All-Star game. I really don't. I can't no, wait I to see it. him and come back. Did you see the jersey, too? Like, for some reason, if you go to try to buy his jersey, like, there's an error. I don't know if it's because there's just so many Suns fans when they're trying to grab that jersey. I was looking I at like it today. Up to the next home game, there's going to be probably 50 or 60 of those jerseys. Hell yeah, man. So are you like, going to buy one? I am. Yeah, not right now. I'll probably get it. Um, I don't want to get too too much into my financials, but <laughs> I, I'll eventually get it. <laughs> no, I've always wanted one. Like, I knew this, this day would come, and I'm going to get it. It's either that or my Yankee cat for baseball season. So, uh, If you guys want to donate <laughs> to Matthew getting a, uh, a Devin Booker jersey, just hit me up on Venmo. I'm at John Voita, V-O-I-T-A. Donate to there. We'll get Matthew a Booker jersey. <laughs> Yeah, well, if I cry enough to my mom, she'll eventually give it to me. So. <laughs> oh, mom. God bless her. Yeah, uh, another another right. exciting thing that happened this week was it was announced that Booker made the first cut for Team USA and this year's Olympic Games that are going to be in Tokyo. Now, granted, it's 44 players are still left, but what are your thoughts on that news? Oh, I think it was automatic. That was one thing I don't think he would get snubbed from because it is 44 players, but... I'm not sure if he'll, he'll make it. It depends who wants to play, who doesn't want to play. I know if LeBron plays this year, I think he already committed. Didn't he say he wants to play? I believe so, it might yeah. might be his last. So I think he's going to get his guys in this first. And then after that, you know, it's it's up to it's up to uh, freaking uh, Jerry Colangelo. It's up to that guy probably just to decide who he wants in, right? Or Yeah. Well, do you want Booker to be on the uh, Olympic team? Uh, I do. I just... I, I really do. It's just so weird how every time I think about basketball or sports, I always just get so overwhelmed with like the, the like the rest and just getting tired from even thinking about what they do all the time. Mm-hmm. But then I'm just like, I miss the old days where I didn't think about that stuff with these players where I just thought they were, you know, gods and they could just come out there every night and play like they do. And now I just have to worry about the rest part. It's like, is this going to affect the Suns next season? Because now you see like Rubio and Baines are – you know, they're kind of non-existent now, especially Dane being hurt. But like Rubio, you can see the wear and tear on him. No, you're, I, I you're think. right. You're right. I think, though, the flip side of that coin is, again, much akin to the All-Star game. 
it is an experience like no other that takes somebody who is like a Devin Booker, who currently is a star, okay? He's officially made an all-star game. It's really nice when you go on like basketball reference and you look at Devin Booker and you look at all his seasons. Oh, There's a little star now yeah. next to his name. So, I mean, that's really cool. So that Someone says... Someone beat me to that tweet. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to tweet that out. I know I only have 16 followers, but I was going to tweet that out because I couldn't wait to see that, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's great, though. I mean, and it shows you that he's just that. He's a star. And the next step in the progression of a star is to be around his peers in an atmosphere that's conducive to growth. And that is what the Olympic experience is. It's going overseas. It's bonding with these superstars. You know, we've seen in the past, obviously, that from these Olympic games spawn super teams, a la uh, the Heat, LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh, who were all on the 08 Olympic team and talked about getting together. And it eventually happened. So I don't know if that'll ever happen to Booker or if anybody be involved in that. But again, it's one of those things that comes from that environment. The other thing that comes from that environment is success. You look at LeBron, you look at KD, you look at the guys who are on the 08 team, and they had the best years of their career after being around the Kobe's and the Duncans and the, and the elder statesmen of the game who taught them how to grind, how to be a professional in the modern NBA. If Booker has an opportunity to do that, again, I'm all for it. I'm all for it on the Olympic team. I wasn't as big of a fan last season doing it in the world championships. Bill Simmons was really uh, riding Devin Booker's dick pretty hard about that. You know, he should have come out and played. Well, the entire Boston squad was on there. And I don't know why he felt that Devin Booker needed to do it. Yeah, it would have helped him in his progression. But again, this was just the world's. I feel like the Olympics bring out the best of the best. Devin Booker, who in his first four years has had a history of being injured, needed to take a summer off and heal. So now he he had an opportunity to do that. He came out, he's having his best season ever. Now he's an all-star. Now you take that momentum and you go into the Olympic Games because the Suns most likely won't make the playoffs. So he was, he's going to get that rest in. He's not going The playoffs are like two months long. So he's going to get two months of rest. And then the Olympics start in July. So they'll do some training before then. But again, I think that's a great opportunity for him to be around his peers and to learn and to progress his professionalism and his experience. Yeah. And you hit on one big thing too, it's the winning, like winning it all with a team with like LeBron or, you know, all the superstars on it, that is just going to do wonders for this guy, dude. And uh, I know that he was at Kentucky. I've never really been a big fan of saying like, Oh, he was a winner before the sun, but this would help tremendously, man. I think that, like he said, we're not going to make the playoffs. There's two months off. You play in the Olympics. You get that experience, and you come back, and you pay it forward. You, you become an even better leader than what he is right now. Exactly. Which, I don't know. I mean, his leadership qualities are a little sketch in a way. You know, we kind of got Rubio for that, but I feel like that's going to help him even more. Maybe, I don't know if Rubio is going to play in it, but I would but, love to see Booker play. Though. But that's why the All-Star Game and Team USA are so important to Devin Booker. Because although he wants to be a leader and he's the highest paid guy on the team, doesn't always make make you the automatic leader. It just means you have the best basketball talent, but he wants to lead this team to success. And the best way to progress that leadership is to be around other leaders and see how they lead and see what they do and win with these teams. Feel what success looks like. Look how positive leadership leads to success versus 
yelling at a guy for defensive positioning or getting technical fouls after you feel like there was a missed call or sitting in street clothes and getting, you know, in San Antonio and getting technical fouls that potentially could cost your your team the game. You know, those are, I'm not going to say rookie mistakes, they're young leader mistakes. So the All-Star game, the Olympics, I mean, what a great week for book again, it's forty fourth players or forty four players left on the Olympic team, so there's a lot of cuts yet to be made, and we figured that he would be in that forty four. But it just reminded me again how important being an all star is, and then being an Olympian is. He'll come back to Phoenix this time next year, a changed human being, and and who's already got this amazing skill set. And in the Olympics, it's not like he's going to be playing 40 minutes a game. He'll be playing like 20. So it's not like he's going to be overtaxed. Yeah. You know, it's not like Rubio. No, Rubio and Baines are the, are the superstars of their teams, of Spain and, uh, and of Australia. Booker's going to be playing 20 minutes. Yeah, but also, too, man, with that experience just comes that confidence. The thing we're lacking at the end of games where mm-hmm. he's, you know, not making the big shots and he's not getting our team that close win that we need. You know, like the next step, how we were getting blown out last year by 20 points every game. Now this year we're right down to the wire. Coming into the next season, if he makes that team and they're winning and they win the championship, he's going to have all the confidence in the world to say, like, yeah, I can win this game. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Because there's that thing that a player has where if they're down or it's a close game, there's always that doubt in their mind. I know it's there. But with, with them winning for Team USA, that would just help the Suns get past that little hump. Just get those wins. That would make us a 500 team or more than that. Yeah, amen. Or a playoff team. And again, you couple that with some free agent moves in the offseason, a solid draft, and who knows what we'll be sitting and talking about this time next year. So, uh, again, you know, congratulations to Devin Booker. Super excited to have an all-star in Phoenix. I mean, look what it's done to this fan base already. Everybody's walking around with a little smile, a little high-five, you know, when you see a fellow Suns fan. Heck yeah, you know? man. If it, it's nice to feel something positive. So, uh, on the other side of that coin, earlier this week, the Suns released Tyler Johnson. Uh, what are your thoughts on Tyler's time in Phoenix? Um, whoa, deja vu. I feel like we already talked about this. I don't know why. Um, but Tyler Johnson, it's weird because I saw some comments and it was just like, he was actually a pretty good basketball talent, but then lost his ways here in Phoenix and just lost whatever he had as a basketball player to make him, you know, a pretty decently paid guy. And some guy could be a six man coming off the bench as your backup point guard mm-hmm. or two guard. Just gone. It was all gone. I don't know where he's gonna find where he's gonna find it again. But hopefully he does. I don't I don't dislike the guy, of course. It's just like those minutes he was coming in were just taking up taking up minutes from somebody else that can actually help us maybe get a get a victory. Um, but thank you for your time here, Tyler. I don't know what am I supposed to say. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Tyler. We love you. Oh, I don't love's a strong word. Yeah, we like you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, Tyler Johnson, I, like I think you. when he came over here again, he came over last year when we're hurting at the guard position and we were excited to get him here just to get rid of that Ryan Anderson contract. I mean, that contract was a monster and him coming over here, we knew that it wasn't a conducive contract to to long-term uh, sustainability for the Suns, but he brought with him a little bit of that swag. You know, he got along right away with Devin Booker and Kelly Oubre and was part of that Valley Boys movement, which gave us kind of an identity, so that was appreciated. But then again, as this season began, the minutes that he did play were never productive minutes, I feel. He'd come in, there wasn't a lot of ball movement with him. It was like throwing the ball to a black hole. You throw it to him, he'd shoot it. He did make some nice runners. Some his inside game was decent, and he had some good moments as a son. But 
it was clear, especially with that contract, you know, they, the Suns, we don't know any reports or anything, no sources, no inside information, but they probably tried to dish that contract, couldn't dish it, so they released him to open up a roster spot. I guess, you know, I guess the question I got for you is, are you sad that the TIE Fighters never took flight? No, not really. Um, <laughs> for those of you just, who don't you know, know, Matthew likes to call, used to like to call uh, Ty Jerome and Tyler Johnson the TIE Fighters, and he always kind of hoped that that one-two really thing cool, would happen. <laughs> that was by far the best duo name. Yeah, it's a great know, nickname. Like, what compares with that. But really quick, though, Tyler Johnson, I guess, uh, free agency rumors, the Lakers are expected to check in on uh, Tyler Johnson, though, two days ago. So right. I don't know if you heard anything about that, but... Uh, Tyler Johnson, a Laker. Is that what the Lakers do? Is they come behind us and then just like get our sloppy seconds? They got Troy Daniels. Yeah. Now they want Tyler Johnson. Yeah. I mean, a lot of teams do that and then they end up coming to score 30 against us. Next yeah. Game. Every so time. Look forward to that. Every time. Well, releasing Johnson did clear that roster spot and the Suns filled it with a 10 day contract uh, to Jonah Bolden. What do you know about Bolden? Yeah. Nothing. I just know he got those rebounds. I mean, in the <laughs> present and. Probably not more in the future, but he got those rebounds in that game. So that's all I know about him. I mean, nothing before that, though. All right, well, let's give a little quick bio about Bolden for those of you who don't know much about him, which it sounds like Matthew's one of them. Uh, shout out to Australia, all of our listeners in Australia. Bolden is an Aussie. Uh, he went to UCLA. I knew that. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, well, why did you? From. Well, I said, what'd you know about him? You're like, yeah, he got rebounds. <laughs> I knew that. I'm sorry. Where'd he go to He's college? Where'd he go to college? Oh, I don't know. UCLA. So he went to UCLA. He's a six foot eight wing. He's from the 76ers organization. So Monty Williams had some exposure to him. And I'm sure that kind of probably played a part in getting him to the Phoenix Suns. And he's played overseas for a year over in uh, Tel Aviv. And he actually shot 33% from downtown there. Uh, that's all I really have on him. So I don't know much more than you. I just Googled it before we got on the podcast. Well, I know like, um, so there was that spot on our roster that People were thinking maybe Isaiah Thomas or Dragon Bender comes back to the spot. I'm really happy we stayed away from those guys. Agreed. I don't know in the future if we do sign any of them. But it's just like, you know, that's in the past. Don't bring somebody back. It's not like we're a winning team. And like, okay, Isaiah comes back, we're up by 40, and he comes in to score 10 quick points. You know what I mean? Or if we can babysit these guys with a winning team. We're not that. We're trying to move past everything that was bad and that was bad. Those two, not, they're good players. I mean, Bender, I always thought would be better, but not. He's not, but I'm just saying, I don't think the team needs that. Like, they need to just move past it, if you know what I mean. Yeah, no, let the Ryan McDonough era die. We don't need to bring back p- yes, bits please. and pieces and bolts yep. from it. Like, let it go. Yeah. Last thing on Bolden, who is the last player in Phoenix Suns history to wear number 43? Um, Was it Bo Alla? No, I think he was 45. It was actually Chris Humphreys in 2016. Oh, yuck. Goddamn Kardashians. They always find a way to get in there. (laughs) Yeah. Well, let's get into the two games that we played this week as Matthew and I talk about what we saw and give our fan analysis of the game. Sound good, Matthew? Yeah. All right. So so, uh, the first game was Monday night. That's the Lakers 125 and the Suns 100. The first question I have before we go into the actual analysis of the game is, are the Lakers the team that you hate the most in the NBA? No, they're not. I don't know why. Um, okay, I hate Lakers fans. Okay, okay. Um, but who? Okay, but I mean, for some reason, okay, I've always, I always like Kobe. I know Lakers are annoying, but I've always liked Kobe watching him play. And I, I like watching. I've always liked LeBron. I went through a little slump there, but when he was came back to Cleveland, that's of course when everyone started loving him. But 
I've always just liked watching LeBron. I like Anthony Davis. Those are players I like to watch. I know it hurts to hear, but I don't mind them. Teams I hate are, it's kind of weird. It's like almost like envious. It's just like the Memphis team right now, or else the Dallas team. Those are teams I hate now. I know before I said Luka Doncic, I don't hate them, but I'm getting to the point where I hate that guy. So <laughs> like those are the two teams where right now I can't stand. Okay. They're about the Lakers, sorry. Because I expect greatness with the Lakers right now. It's fine. But I don't like these teams where we're, we're supposed to be dead even with these guys and they're ahead of us. No, I feel, I, I feel you. I feel you. I think that the Lakers are a team that I've never truly hated because we've had success against them in the past. Uh, you're right. The Lakers fans are probably the fans I hate the most, but that's because we live in Phoenix, and whenever L.A. fans are around, they're just annoying unless – you're a Dodgers fan, then I love you because go Dodgers. Yeah. Uh, but the Spurs, yeah, the Spurs are the team that I can't stand. I can't stand the Spurs. Like Lakers, I enjoy playing. I enjoy the friendly competition. You win some, we win some. The Spurs, I just can't stand. Well, what? Okay, are you... so I thought you were asking, but I mean, for this season? Or oh, no, I'm just talking cool? about like, is that in the history of organizations, who do you hate the most? Oh, yeah, Spurs number one for sure. Sorry about that. No, no, you're good because you made great points. There's other teams out there right now like the Kings. You know, I I don't hate the Kings right now because they're on the same timeline as we are and we're doing better than they are. But but Memphis is on the same timeline as we are and they're doing better than us, so I'm not a big fan of them. So, no, your your point, season to season makes sense. What are your thoughts on LeBron leading leading in assists this year? Well, that's the thing. Right now when I watch him play is I just see a guy who is really focused on getting those stats. He's really focused on being a career or a, a league leader, history leader, in anything he can possibly do. He wants his name on any kind of list he can get it on. That's what I see when he's playing. And I know, like, his big thing going in this game was, I want to be the assist leader in the NBA, and he can accomplish that because he's the greatest player in the NBA still. I think he's top three, so why couldn't he? You know what I mean? He can do whatever he wants on the court. Yeah, and it's interesting because this year he's like, you know what? I'm going to lead the league in assists, and that's my goal. And guess what I'm doing? I'm leading the league in assists. It's exactly what he's doing yeah. now because he's got that new toy. He's got Anthony Davis. So he's like, listen, I'm going to do everything I can to make you a superstar, and I'm just going to sit back here and dish assists left and right and and get recognition for, for doing that this year. And you look at this game right here, you know, it was it was a tough game because Aiton's out. He tweaked his ankle against the Nuggets on Saturday night. So he comes into this game and he's out, which you already know hurts. You're going against one of the best teams in the NBA, and one of their strengths is size, and then you're out Aiton. So he's gone. Cam Johnson's getting the first start of his young mm-hmm. career. So LeBron James knew he was going to have a game because that's what he does. He only had 17 points, but he had nine assists and eight rebounds. You know, he's just a typical kind of LeBron performance. Only six for 16 from the field, though. But uh, what did what did you think about that Cam Johnson dunk on uh, JaVale McGee, man? Can I tell you the truth? I missed it live, oh. but I just saw everything, so I had to go back and watch it. They showed replays during the game. Oh but yeah, yeah, I was late to this game. It was eight thirty. I know it was late. Eight, it was a late start. So yeah, I got there late to the game for some reason. But uh, yeah, dude, I totally missed it live. But that is just—it's probably—it's the best. Kelly's had some posters, but this one I feel like is just came out of nowhere, just making it greater because we know Kelly can do it. Yeah, Cam Johnson. I know, out of nowhere, like, he just goes right to the hoop and just 
shabam. I mean, it was savage, man. Lit up Twitter. What a great dunk by the by the rookie, man. It was fantastic. Oh, yeah. I loved it. And uh, just go back on the LeBron thing. I know this was a stupid game to talk about just because it was that game where it was like Booker's just waiting, ready to go on vacation with his family. And Aiden's out, of course, is with the Suns. And we just have a random injury, you know, going into a game. But, like, LeBron, I feel like, has to be on the floor for Davis to be good right now because he teaches him how to win. The actual plus-minus, the win shares, mm-hmm. are, like, through the roof for LeBron on the court. With just Davis, they're not the same. So I just want to, I just want to touch on that, that LeBron is still that great of a player. Yeah, but, well, um, of course. Before the game, of course, we find out Kelly Oubre is not playing. We didn't find out anything until, like, after the game to why he came off the bench. Yeah, he, he missed, missed the, the bus. bus. Yeah. So I don't... What do you think about that? I think it's good that Monty has rules and he holds his players accountable. You know, if Kelly misses the bus, then guess what, dude? You're not starting tonight, man. And I think that it didn't hurt the team overall. You go into this game knowing that you're probably going to get your ass kicked. And I think, again, accountability is so vital in any environment if you want to be productive and successful. And I think that props to Monty for doing that. Yeah, I think he would have actually kept him out of the whole game if we didn't have the injuries we did. True. I think he would have been best the whole game, and it, it, he deserves it. I don't. I know it's just one little thing, but these are the things we look back on. It's like, when did we lose the team? Why is Monte fired? Like, when did everything get chaotic, and how did he lose the locker room? It's like you point back to things like this, and they start building up. But hopefully this is a one-time thing, because I hate to see the immaturity of this team and just them losing games immaturely, almost. You know what I mean? Like, there's always just that thing where the Suns, aren't the mature basketball team. They're young, so they will get there. But these are things I just hope that they leave in the past and just don't continue to do. I know it's a little thing, but it does build up. No, I, I feel you. What uh, Speaking of the youth, you know, you saw a lot of, a lot of the Suns youth movement in this game. Cam, Mikael Bridges, Ty Drome, they all got a lot of minutes. What are your thoughts on the youth of this organization? I like where we're at, and I think uh, I see a lot of stuff on Twitter, a lot of People I talk about, they're like, I like the top four. I don't talk to a lot of people, but I'm lying about that. But I like, <laughs> I like five guys from the team, which is just our starting lineup, where we have Mikhail Bridges, Oubre, Aiton, Booker, and Rubio. It's like yeah. you have those five. The, uh, the, the Bobra lineup, right? The Bobra. Yeah. And, yeah, exactly. That's your thing. And, like, seriously, the rookies we have are still competing. They're still playing hard. Ty Jerome's learning what the defenses are trying to throw at them. And I like how we're still learning, and Aiden can still learn this season and continue to learn. And we're so young. Even Rubio is just not hitting his prime, I feel like. He's been getting tired. Uh, we'll talk about more of his, of his plays against the Warriors, which mm-hmm. kind of drops off uh, later in the pod. But I think that what we have now is actually something really good. It, just, it takes coaching, and it takes the discipline, and honestly, just the, the coaching and everything to be there for years. Not just this year, but just Let's get to year three with this. Does yeah, I mean, they've got a. You have to set a culture, and you can't do a culture in one year. Culture takes years to build. That's what makes teams successful. And I think that with this young youth movement, and we've seen plenty of youth movements come through the Suns in the past six years, but I really feel that we have the right pieces in place. the The highest score of the game was Mikel Bridges with 18 points. It was just one of those nights. I mean, Dem Booker two for 11 from the field with 10 points. But again, the youth is still strong, though. They're, they're going to have games like this. Consistency is always going to be a challenge. But, but the direction of the Suns heading forward 
is is positive. So when you see all these injuries, it is an opportunity for a lot of these young guys like the Ty Jeromes to come in and play, and it's it's been a pleasure to watch them play. There's two things that really killed us in that Lakers game. One was Rajon freaking Rondo. He had himself a night. He had 23 off the bench. And then the key stat in this game for me was second chance points. The Lakers had 23 in this game. The Suns had four. So right there, game set and match. You know, hey, you got anything else on the Laker game? Bridges to me is seriously Andrew Wiggins, but opposite. Like he's playing really, really hard, and you feel like he scores more points. I know he had 18 points, but I feel like he just he's scoring more, and he's rebounding more. He's getting to the rim more, but the stats aren't there still. But he's playing so hard, so it's like the opposite of Andrew Wiggins, where <laughs> Wiggins is out there, you never see him, and he does score 30. And everybody in the league is saying that now because it's so true. So, Mikel reminds me of that, and I, I love it because I love the promise this guy has. We talked about his feeling, what's his feeling. I still don't know what kind of player he's going to be. But, man, he is – he had like a – what do you say? It's like a, he's doubling down on his abilities right now mm-hmm. to what he knows how good he can be, and, and I he, love to see that, man. And he's getting those opportunities, and he's taking advantage of it. You know, he's he's becoming that Bobra lineup. He's the key piece in there that's, you know – Booker, Ubre, Bridges, Rubio, Aiton, those guys together, they're really good. They it's the best yeah. Suns lineup. They have I believe a, a plus 58 in 100 something minutes played. I mean, it's the best version of the Suns and if we just had some health behind them, we could sustain points going into the second quarter, which seems to be a continual challenge. And again, it happened in this game where the Suns were down one point after one, and then they were outscored in the second and the third and the fourth and then lost the game. So uh, Wednesday night was the Suns versus the Warriors. The Suns won this game 112 to 106. And right about the third going into the fourth quarter, this game is when everybody really started to find out that Dame Lillard had hurt his groin, unfortunately. Uh, but fortunately for Devin Booker, that he was going to have an opportunity to perhaps be named an all-star as Dame Lillard called him out in his conference in his press conference following that game. I really don't have any notes on this game. Uh, like an old Sam Cooke song, I was working on the chain gang at work. Uh, so, Matthew, oh. I, I got to have to rely on you for notes on this game. What did you see when, in this one? You think I would watch this crap? No, I'm kidding. I watched, <laughs> I watched most of it. I really did. And I think the greatest thing, or not even great, this is terrible, but the biggest thing I noticed is just Rubio. I know we're trying to get to the finish line of the halfway mark or the all-star break, whatever, to give him rest. But his play is just really bad. And what it reminds me of is just a bad sports movie, man, where the team is the underdog team. Again, their butts looked in the first half. And then – they have, like, you know, like, so you ever seen Full House, like, where they have a basketball scene where Jessica Buckler hits, like, a game winner? Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. I think it's Kareem Abdul-Zavar's uh-huh. playing. <laughs> yeah, he, re- he reminds me of that game where it's just, like, just really cheesy, lazy passes, lazy layups, and just, like, getting blocked at the rim all the time, choosing the wrong, the wrong shot. Like, I think this guy just doesn't need rest. But also, I saw something, too, where it's, like, Rubio might need more help from the Suns which is true because of all the injuries. But his play, dude, ever since his kid, I'm not blaming a newborn child or anything, but I'm just saying ever since the kid, it's just it's been really skeptical, and I just don't know what's going on. Yeah, I mean, again, I didn't see this game, but I can echo that Rubio for the past month has just not looked very Rubio-ish. Uh, he has gotten some assists, so that kind of covers up because that's, I mean, that's what he's supposed yeah. to do. He's supposed to distribute the ball, but he gets lost out there, and that's your point guard. You shouldn't have to lose your point guard 
and not know where he is on the floor. Where he comes down, he makes a pass, and then that's the last time he touches a ball in a possession. I don't know if that's a Monty scheme thing. I don't know if that's a Devin Booker taking 22 shots in this game thing. I don't know what it is, but Rubio, he he does kind of look like a ghost out there sometimes. You just don't see him. Yeah. And you can tell, too, both teams are just ready to get this game over with. Um, I think even a lot of fans were, and then like you said, we heard about the injuries, and then the fans started chanting all-star, all-star. And I don't think Booker knew, of course, that Dame was out and he's going to be in the all-star game. Um, but the Suns at the end pull away by 10. Then Booker gets a big block on Chris. Oh, and good old Marquise Chris. Dude, Marquise Chris had a game, man. He had a triple-dub. Yeah, but see, that's what happens, though. Like I didn't even mention it before, where these players come back and they're <laughs> going to play their best against the Suns, the team that let them go. It's going to happen. But uh, Marquise Chris did have a good game. I mean, there's potential with him, man, and they have a lot of time to work with the uh, Warriors, dude. So good on him. But back to the game, when I was saying, like, I after the block, did you see, like, he got, or Booker got the technical? Oh, yeah, he was, like, after screaming. Block, yeah, but it was, like, of course Booker got a technical. He didn't do anything more than what anybody else does. Oh, I know. And he still got a technical. Yeah, he, bump, he bumped enough. Chris, though. He gave him a little bump in the in the... Yeah, of course they do. That's that's what the rest have to understand. This is a game. It's, it's all trash-talking, dude. That's what, like, I feel like more than 20% of the game is just trash-talk, like, between players. And the rest have to let them play, man. As yeah, it seems not, like the Suns always get penalized for it. Yeah, don't unless they're touching each other about to swing at somebody, don't, don't get a tee, man. Just let them talk. But um, it was a big win, man. I'm so glad we pulled this off because if they would have lost this game, oh god, oh that would have sucked. It even sour note going to the All Star game. So I'm very happy that they won this. The Warriors are like the worst team in the NBA. You can't go into the All Star break losing to the worst team in the NBA. No. How no. I look at the stat line. Uh, Wiggins had 27 points, three for four from downtown, nine for 14 from the field. How did Wiggins look? Oh, I didn't even know he was there. <laughs> Typ- I really don't. I don't mean to. Typical I don't Wiggins. I mean to be in that crowd, but. I'm joining that crowd, you know. It's been that way with him for forever. So I had no idea he had 27. <laughs> Typical Wiggins. Uh, well, those were the only two games. As we look at the Week 18 preview, um, the Suns don't play again till next Friday at Toronto. But obviously, before that, we have the All-Star game. So don't want to go too crazy into the All-Star game. But now that the Phoenix Suns do have a participant, Sir Devin Booker, uh, let me get a couple of your thoughts on a, on some things. I was actually listening to the Fanning the Flames podcast, which is our other podcast on the Bright Side Network, and Justin and Paul were talking about this. Tell me who you think is going to win the three-point contest. Can I be honest? I don't know who's even in it because I, I don't know anything about the All-Star game because I seriously was not paying attention because I was boycotting. I'm not, I didn't care. I didn't even see who... Giannis and LeBron chose for their teams. I know like I know Booker's on LeBron now, LeBron's team, but I didn't know anything before that. So <laughs> I hope it's Booker. I don't think Booker's gonna win. Um, but who knows? I just I don't know. Who do you think's gonna win, man? Because I don't even know who's gonna Well, win. here's the list. You have Davis Bertans, Devin Booker, Devontae Graham, Joe Harris, Buddy Heald, Zach Levine, Duncan Robinson, and Trey Young. I think it's Bertans, man. Who? Davis Bertans from Washington. Oh, okay. I think that guy. Every time that's a guy who I wanted the Suns to go after, and uh, before the trade deadline, he's just he's deadly from yeah. three. He's just one of those guys who he's got that quick release, and it's just smooth. And I feel like against that competition, I don't know. That's who I'm putting my money on. Oh, interesting, man. Well, we're both rooting for Booker, though. So of course, that's all of that course. Matters. I don't. I'm just gonna watch Booker anytime they don't have him in the game. Turn it off. 
and then I'll give an update <laughs> on Twitter and turn it back on. No, just kidding. I'm very excited for the weekend, though, to watch all the festivities. For the slam dunk contest, you have Pat Connington, Aaron Gordon, Dwight Howard, and Derek Jones Jr., who do you think wins the, the yeah. dunk contest? Derrick Jones Jr. Yeah, I do too. Airplane Mo Jones. Out of all those guys, he's the most Airplane athletic. Mojo. Airplane Mo Jones. So, but again, you know, the All-Star game, looking forward to it. I won't see any of All-Star Saturday night because I will be out on a date. But Sunday, I will Ooh. be tuning into the All-Star game. We're going to the brush bar. Who are you going right? to date with? Your sister. Oh. <laughs> I thought, okay. All right, so after that... Suns are off for like five. I mean, the Suns themselves are off the whole week. Booker will be off after Sunday. They don't play again until Friday at Toronto. So how are you feeling about this Toronto team right now? Are you impressed? Oh, dude, really impressed. Did you see their winning streak they had? It's Where ridiculous. Like this, is the first, this is the first team we have to play right out of the, the All-Star break. It's like the hottest team in the NBA. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I mean, that's just the way it's going to be until we're that great of a team where it doesn't matter. So... Um, man, the Toronto team though, I, I love, I love what they've done where they kept the culture up where they're still trying to win. You know, they could have like took the season off and get a Kawhi's or yeah, Kawhi's gone and you know, whatever happens, happens this season, but they're trying to go for it. They're trying to defend that title. So I'm thinking that the Suns actually have a 0% chance to win, but who knows, man, maybe we get this energy back and everyone comes back and is fully healthy before we stop and we throw it all at them and shoot 60%. You know, you never know. I mean, I think this might be a little bit before your time, but the 1997 Florida Marlins, and I believe it was the 2003 Florida Marlins as well, are two teams that went out there and won championships and then just dismantled yeah. the team. They're like, we got yeah. our championship. We're happy. Dismantle. The Toronto Raptors have done the exact opposite. Yeah, Kawhi left, but they've replaced it with enough parts to somehow get his stats to make sense, you know, mm-hmm. to, to, to cover for his stats. And then you have Money Pascal ball. Siakam playing out of his mind, and you nailed it. You said the exact correct word, and, and that makes Toronto successful. And that, again, is culture. Culture is so vital in team sports. And the Toronto Raptors have that culture. They're 40 and 15, dude. 40 and 15. They're second in the East. Unreal. Yeah, it, it, it kind of, I don't know, because they were always so close to winning it. But it just it kind of sucks because I just think about how much further the Suns have to go to get that culture. You know what I mean? That winning culture. It's going to be just two or three more years, I feel like. And I feel like I can wait unless something bad happens to me before then, but I'm willing to wait. Well, again, I think the, the thing that really allowed Toronto to break on through to the other side is LeBron went to the West. So in two or three years, you know, what really is going to need – to happen for the Suns to be successful is to continue to grow, to create that culture. But we're going to need some of that weight to kind of go to the Eastern Conference as well. You look at Devin Booker's all-star nod. It's awesome that he got an all-star nod, but if this was a normal season, if Steph Curry and Klay Thompson are healthy, he's not even close. And it's the same thing with the Suns and how we want them to make it to the playoffs and do and be yeah. successful in the playoffs. The West is so stacked. It is unbelievably oh, yeah. stacked. You look at the the Chicago Bulls, okay? That's who the Suns play after Toronto is the Chicago Bulls. It's a back-to-back. They play on Friday in Toronto. Then they fly to Chicago. They play uh, the Bulls on Saturday night. The Bulls are 19-36, and 36, and they're the 10th seed in the East. The Suns at 22-33 and 33 are the 12th. That just goes yeah. to show you, you know, if the Suns play in the East, they'd be, what, like the 9 seed, the 8 seed, somewhere right in there. This has always been the story, though. I mean, for the past five or six years, it's just been this mm-hmm. way. 
where if the Suns were in the East, we would have Booker would made the All Star team the last three years, and we would be maybe an eight seed. I mean, we would have tried to probably fight for those playoff seeds or the playoff spot the last few years, but it's just in the West, it's just difficult, dude. And it's just something we have to deal with. Like I said, this is Booker's own path to stardom where he has to battle mm-hmm. and continue to fight harder than any other player, I feel like, and hopefully get some more help this offseason and just continue to make this organization and this team great. And I, I'm looking forward to watch it in the future. It's almost like uh, Mortal Kombat. Devin Booker's like yeah. Mortal Kombat, and then just as you go further and deeper and deeper, it just gets harder and harder and harder harder. Yeah. And you just keep going against boss and boss, you know, Shang Tsung and everybody. It's just, that's kind of his path to stardom. Like you said, you know, his lone path to stardom is just him just trying to go through every level and it just gets harder and harder. Cause again, it is the West is absolutely ridiculous. Do you know what I always thought would be yeah. interesting is if instead of making it like the Western conference and the Eastern conference, if they did like the Northern conference and the Southern conference, it wouldn't make sense because hmm. of time zones and all that stuff, but it'd just be like, interesting to see how split the NBA would be if we picked a line, drew it through the United States, and said, okay, you're in the north, you're in the south. I might do that, and on the next podcast, the next weekly recap, I'll tell you what the standings are and see where the suns fall in the southern conference. <laughs> That's actually really cool. It's kind of like a little uh, civil war kind of like uh, taste to it, you know? Yeah, totally. <laughs> Uh, do you have any thoughts on the, the Chicago team that the Suns will be playing next Saturday? Yeah, they're struggling. That's all they got on them, man. Yeah, Chicago, I mean, they're home of the All-Star game. Uh, not a really great team. They got kind of a young core, too. They got Kobe White. They got Zach Levine, who drops 41 points every night, but they lose. So I'm hoping it's a, a team that we come out and we beat for sure. Yeah, they really need to get at least one win out of these two. And that's why I feel like they need to focus, man. Finish the season 500. And um, this is a great way to start because you got the top team and then you got the piece of cake team, right? Yes, sir. All right, the next segment is the Suns Report Response. And this is an opportunity for you to reach out to us and ask us some questions. And Matthew and I will give us uh, our best answer on those things. You know, So you can email us at thesunsreport.com at gmail.com you can hit us up on twitter at the suns report or follow our facebook page and we'll answer your questions from there so today's question comes from brad boddington via facebook brad asks will the suns have a win streak over three games this season will they have one over three ever again what are your thoughts matthew my next goal for this season and actually was a goal going into the season but first goal booker all-star team check second goal let's get 500 their goal is win five games in a row. So I am hoping this happens, and I really think it will, because I think this team is going to be healthy coming into the second part of the season, and we're going to get those five wins, dude. But then I think we're not. So I don't know. <laughs> well, I'll look at it like this. Okay, the last time the Suns won three in a row was earlier this season, and that was October 30th to November 4th. And that actually put the Suns at 5-2 and two on the year. And we were all dancing in the streets and dancing on the avenues and dancing down central or wherever. Uh, the last time the Suns won four in a row was December 13th, 2018 to, to December 19th, 2018. The last time the Suns won five straight in a row was December of 2014. Hmm. You know, to answer Brad's question, do I think the Suns will have a win streak over three games this season? As I look at the remainder of the schedule, and we have 27 games remaining, there's 15 against current playoff teams. So if we could beat some of those teams 
and string a couple victories together, it is possible. As I look at the schedule, I tried to identify our best opportunity to do so. And that really comes at the end of March and the beginning of April. That's a stretch where the Suns play Cleveland, they play Oklahoma City, and then they play Cleveland again. So if we are going to win three games in a row, that's, I think, the best opportunity to go on that that little winning streak. Now, my hope is they win 10 in a row. I hope they come right out of the All-Star break, and next thing you know, we're a game under 500. We're 32 and 33, and Devin Booker comes back with that leadership and all of a sudden says, hey, team, this is how we, this is how we win. This is how confidence looks like in the fourth quarter. This is how we close games. And that's the hope. That's the best case scenario. But if I'm a realist, which I am, looking at that stretch of the season is the best opportunity, in my opinion, for the Suns to win those three games in a row. You break my heart, Johnny. <laughs> you just break my heart. I get hope, and then I just get so down. I'm about to turn off the lights and just call it a night. No, no, keep the lights on. Keep the lights <laughs> on. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe it's time to turn out the lights because the party's over. That's it for this week's recap. You know, again, be sure to subscribe to the Bright Side of the Sun Podcast Network to get all that good quality Suns content. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, follow us on Facebook. Just don't follow us to work. Okay. Wouldn't appreciate that. I got shit to do during the day. So, Matthew, you got any last thoughts on this past week? Just go home and love your family, buddy. All right. Sounds good. Enjoy the all star break, my friend. Thank you. You too.